Hello and welcome to New College Worcester. Uh, my name is Sean Randall and I'm IT support here at the college and with me is... I'm Susan Potter and I'm Head of Braille at New College as well. And it's really good to be able to uh, record this presentation. Um, I was educated fully in special schools, schools for the blind, and we, had, we all had two things in common. One was the uniform in every school, and the other was that we all used Braille. Um, and so my first brush with mainstream education, as it were, was when I went to university. So we used Perkins Braillers, which have been around for years and are quite a stable of the Braille world or were till recently. Um, we used writing frames and we had to do what we call dotting practice every week. And of course we had huge Braille books, um, many of which ran into many volumes and we, we had to carry them around and everything. I learned Braille a young age and loved it, but I was aware that the size of my books did cause problems with um, sighted relatives particularly. I boarded at school, so I didn't have many friends at home, so that wasn't a problem. Um, but the thing about um, the Braille books was that um, everything was very neat. You always knew when there was a new paragraph, you always knew when there was a new chapter, you always knew when there was a section heading. It was all neat and it was all uniform. It's funny you mention books because when I was at mainstream school, I had a large or what looked like a very large collection of Braille books, but in actuality, of course, was just a, a bunch of very big, thick Braille volumes that if you turn them into print, wasn't very much at all. Um, so it was quite misleading and that, that, was, that was quite sad growing up. Uh, but our paper focuses on the, the confluence, the, the join between Braille and technology and how things have changed between, uh, you know, between having paper Braille and that's all you had access to and moving on to having more technology. So there, there was a sort of a seismic shift for me from paper Braille to technological Braille. Um, I, I was at mainstream school. Uh, Braille was this big heavy thing you carried around in a bag or, or several bags. Um, which no one else could access or touch. And I think a positive is the rigidity, the uniformity and the clarity. But the major downsides were the size and the portability and the time it took to get hold of Braille as well. So what we see now, um, I'm sure that, that Susie would agree with me, is such a huge variety of technology. How, how has that impacted you as a teacher, Susie? Would you want to tell us a bit about the, the equipment people are bringing to your lessons? Yeah, well... Um uh, until recently, we did practically everything with, still with um, a course which was paper-based and Perkins. That was partly because I wanted to be able to um, train people up to take the RNIB Braille exam. I've always believed that there should be something for blind people to be able to uh, have some sort of certificate for their hard work in learning Braille. We're a secondary school. And therefore, the people I'm teaching have usually come relatively late to Braille when it's at its most difficult, when they're teenagers, really, and they want to keep their print. So um, that's what I was doing. However, um, and then the coronavirus came along and we had to shift. And we had started to promote 
um, Orbit readers, other Braille displays are of course available. Um, but we had started to promote these because they were a good price and they were portable and they were simple to use, which is really important. And we started um, with these. And so when it came to lockdown, that was really a signal to promote um, Braille um, by note taker because we could get the students to read from their note taker, any note taker that they had. We've got quite a few students with Braille notes, haven't we? We have, yeah. And um, on their orbit, because the orbit wouldn't um, change anything that they were writing, they could write their exercises and send them to me. So the students that had those, we managed to um, completely um, teach with no problem, actually. <laughs> Just a problem now because there are certain things like paragraphing, uh, which is different on a note taker than it is if you're doing paper braille. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things our students have to adjust to is, is the sort of concept of a, a braille window or a braille terminal on, on a braille device, which isn't a page of braille. Mm. Uh, I think learning about braille on paper grounds you in visual to a point. You see the layout, you see the style. Yes, things like font don't, you know, there aren't separate fancy braille dots that look different, but you still get a sense of layout and how things look. Um, what I've found working with mostly older sort of teenagers with the sixth form here, um, those people who are ready to go off to work, is this keen want for access to the material regardless of how well produced it may be. Um, I, I, I certainly remember having to wait a long, long time for, uh, for the Braille that I wanted to read. You know, if, if I wanted a book, for example, a library book, um, if just one volume of that book wasn't available because another customer had borrowed it, I'd have to wait and there was nothing I could do about that. Whereas our students today, they download those books and you, know, you, you can share a download without actually losing any of that download and that's a really, really good thing. Um, you mentioned, to just go back to the orbits because they're quite new and they're quite simple to use, uh, do you think the range of devices, orbits, braille notes, is that complicated things or is it a good thing? Um, <laughs> personally, I, I think there's, I can't get over the hugeness of range of devices really. Uh, when it's quite a small pool that they're all playing in. Um, and I, I do think myself that um, it's quite confusing. And also, um, there are some devices which I think do too much for the um, person who's reading or learning. Um, I couldn't teach Braille, for example, uh, on a Braille note uh, because the Braille note will correct uh, stuff so, for you. Sorry to interrupt. This is like a chicken and egg thing. You need to yeah. learn Braille to use a Braille note, yeah. but you can't learn Braille on the Braille note oh, because Braille. it already knows the Braille that you don't know. That's right. <laughs> that's, that, that's exactly right. That's so, it, isn't it? it yeah. yeah. It knows too much Braille. It does. That's a marketing slogan it's too for the Braille. <laughs> um, of course, they are aware of that. Um, news um, is that they are they're doing things now with learning tables. A bit like when you emboss Braille, you can choose a learning table so you get the Braille at the right level. Yeah. That's kind of to Braille notes. So that's really good. Um, yeah, I think market drivers for change in, in the blindness industry are, are very small and slow. Um, so 
Obviously, this has been a problem in brand notes for, for many years, but only now they're bringing in the solution. You know, um, uh, yeah. I mean, our paper hasn't covered lockdown. We, we wrote the paper before lockdown really began, um, and I think the the speed at which our students transitioned to electronic braille was markedly sped up by lockdown, wasn't it? I think. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And of course, we're having to. Um, still um you know be very careful about using books about using machinery that belongs to the school and everything and some students now now that they've used electronic equipment for their braille lessons want to continue to do that uh, the problem will uh, will come if they want to take the exam because i'm going to have to say to them there are some extra things that you will now have to learn because the exam is still paper-based and is this, is this just a blindness problem? Um, I read a, um, a newspaper article last summer um, that said that there are, blo- there are sighted teenagers taking exams who can't read analogue clocks because everything's digital. So are we, are we looking at a similar problem here? Are people so connected to their electronic braille they haven't learned the rudiments of paper braille? Is, is that a worry? I think it will be. I think it will be a worry in, in a few years, yeah, because I think um, people will be expected to go straight for the electronics because you can yeah, connect them to your phone, your computer and everything. And, and I mean, that's marvellous. I have to say that I would not be without my orbit. I love the fact that I can carry lots and lots of books and I can make notes and I can flip from one to the other. And frankly, that's a world that I could never have dreamed of, even no, not many years ago. I'm going to rewind to your dotting practice. My dotting right, practice. Because this just boggles my mind. <laughs> Sitting there punching holes in paper for a bit. <laughs> With a stylus. With not a, even, yeah. But um, the thing that I wanted to, to raise about that is note-taking. As in, brief, like if you've got a number to write down when you're on the phone or, or a, you know, an appointment to make or a brief date to jot down. Um, I've had access to laptops and computers for, for years and years and nothing has rivaled the efficiency of the orbit. You like, can pick it up, you flick it on, um, you, you type in your notes and it's there and it's in memory, it's safe. Uh, and it's accessible, you know, you can get a blank, a blank braille document or, or a set of notes on the orbit in under 10 seconds, but under 5 seconds maybe. That's right. Um, uh, if you had to jot down a note with a stylus, a phone number, I've seen some very nifty people yeah. with a stylus. But that's I a skill, isn't that? That's a really just, hard yeah, just skill. Point it out of your bag, and you can build up huge, huge speed with those things. It's impressive. Um, is it a dying art? Is it, is it gone? It is a dying art, except that only the other day I was talking to one of our Year 11 students, and they said that they'd had a go with it. They'd wow. found a frame somewhere, or been given one, okay. and they had actually had a go, and they sort of said, oh, miss, it was absolutely, absolute torture, and you had to virtually you know, <laughs> think of yourself as upside down to be able to write backwards and, and um, upside down. But actually, he quite enjoyed the challenge of it. He uh, does not have electronic braille at all. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he, he'd enjoyed the challenge. So it's the comeback of vinyl. Yes. It's braille vinyl. <laughs> Great. I don't think it will um, no. have as big a audience as vinyl. No. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to sort of wrap my brains for, for using braille outside of education. And the other thing I, I came up with that I did quite a lot of is making braille labels, you know, for things like condiments and jars and things around the house. Um, I still want to be able to know that I'm putting paprika in something and not, you know, cinnamon or ginger. And 
if I haven't got a block nose, I can have a, have a sniff. But the quickest and still the most efficient way for that for me is using a bro label on the jar. Uh, and that's, that's not gone away. Yeah, although, you know, you can get a very slim frame that you, you can dime that one. Yeah, can you? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> well, you could. You I've could. got one. Have you? <laughs> Maybe we need to have a no technology day and see how it all goes. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Orbit being a, a Perkins, essentially, a miniature Perkins, you know, I think there's, there's a lot to be said for that, isn't there? I think the, the thing that has really captured that for some of our students, and I know that there are um, more advanced models coming out, but I think the thing that's really captured it for most of our students is that it's very simple. It's a reader, it's a writer, it won't do anything else, it doesn't do anything else. It's marvellous at what it does, but it doesn't do anything else. And that has really cracked it for a lot of our students that yeah, I'm absolutely. teaching. I think yeah. f- from a technology point of view, the, the entry level to Brian has been the price. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're talking, you know, a thousand pounds for the smallest sort of 10, 14, 14 16 cell display. Yeah. Uh, and the Orbit's come in and undercut that at half the cost. Yes, it's a bit noisier. Yes, it's it's different technology. There have been issues. You know, some some of the mechanics are a bit off sometimes, and people have to repair them. But the the entry point has really lowered recently, and it's it's such a good timing with all the lockdown restrictions and everything else. Like more and more people are using Braille. Um, people might not be reading Braille on paper anymore. Might not be having volumes and volumes of, of Braille from a library. Um, but I use Braille in so many situations. You know, I play computer games with my daughter. Um, normally quite violent ones because she's a bit bloodthirsty um, and she will drive and I will shoot you know but I can read things about the game mechanics on my braille display rather than having to get her to read me them was off the screen I do think the thing about um, uh, you know electronic braille is that it has done a lot for the resurgence of braille I really feared that uh, braille was dying because you know you, there was one there was a point where it was very difficult to get anything in braille because everybody thought oh you know it's in word so you can read it on your on your voice you can listen to it yeah but um i hate voice tech really and i would much prefer to read braille and i i did worry that you know it was going to die out but i really believe that um electronic braille is sort of yeah. uh, woken the phoenix up. Absolutely. Reborn, <laughs> reborn from the ashes. Yeah. We're in our last minute. Can I just, one more question, uh, very quickly before we have to finish. Does it matter that the, the power of producing Braille has moved away from professional expert transcriptionists to people making, what do they call it, quick and dirty quick Braille? Quick and dirty yeah. Braille. Is that a problem? Is it going to change anything? Is it a good thing? 30 seconds. I, I, well, yeah, I mean, I, I know students who want to read books straight away and sometimes they come to me and say, oh, I can't read this, what does this mean? It's some italic or something that hasn't come out right. But in the end, they get used to that. And uh, I've asked a few students, you know, what do you think? You know, would you rather have things done really, really properly or just be able to read something, download it from the internet, that's it? And they said, i oh, download it from the internet. It's a new world, isn't it? It's a new old world. Yep. And I think the fact that we're sat here, generations apart... We are. Aren't we? Now, I'm old enough to be his mother. Yes, I'm a very good mother. <laughs> you'd have been. Well, mum, yeah, thank you. I think, I think that, that's our cue, to go and have some lunch. <laughs> I think it may be, yes. Just, just one more point, though. Uh, what is your uh, best thing about uh, your brain and technology? My best thing yeah. is 
going into my office uh, and having a handwritten note from my colleague on the desk with, with some you know, notes about what's left for me to do and being able to read that with my, get a picture of it with my phone and read it in braille. To read what he scribbled down with a pen on his way out the door in a hurry has changed my relationship with, with my colleagues by making me feel so included. What about yours? What, what's yeah, and, then, and it's very immediate, isn't it? Yeah. Mine uh, was, and I have to say still is, because my mum's a bit of a technophobe, but when I was at school, my mum used to just write me a little note every week, and it didn't say very much, but she wrote in uncontracted braille, and still does for cards and things. And I have to say, for me, that kept, when I was at school, that kept the link between home and school sort of very immediate i didn't have to have an intermediary or anything like that it's a very personal feeling isn't yeah it? um my mum even had to go on the orbit at summer, <laughs> so that's my <laughs> mum gave up at letter f in braille i'm afraid but uh, <laughs> but there you go oh well, thank you it's been lovely to talk to you isn't it i think we haven't been able to do justice to our paper in this chat but hopefully we've given people a flavor of what it's about and uh long live braille and technology i say that's right, hand in hand. Hand in hand. hand cheers. In hand. Cheers. With the bottle bottle, let's have a cheers. <laughs> oh, hang on. <laughs> there we go. Cheers. <laughs>